Well, Bender, I guess you won't be getting your legs back, but your sacrifice will let an innocent child live a full and happy life. I'm sorry, you were saying something? Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about Season 7, Episode 21, Assy Come Home. Now, Ben, yes. I have a question that is completely disconnected from the entire episode. Okay. What's your spookiest... Halloween costume. My spookiest Halloween costume. Yeah, because it's the, the the spoopy times the, with the Halloween. So first of all, I want to say that I was sort of hoping that you were going to ask what good causes I would give up my ass for. Nope. Because nothing with the episode at all. Because I will answer the question now that you've generated a mental list <laughs> about what I would what. Cl- what global causes I would give up my ass for. My my favorite thing about what's happening is that I've asked a question and you're like, I wish you'd ask this question, so I'm going to answer that one. Uh, if my ass, if giving up my ass saved the planet from global warming, I would I would do that. Seems legitimate. Uh-huh. If it does not generate that much methane. Um, sure. Uh, if it solved world hunger. I don't want to imagine how that would happen. Yeah, I don't want to think about that either. But uh, that would be a good thing. Um, And that's probably about it. So, I mean, there's probably more, but I need to get to your question and stop deflecting. (laughs) I I mean, I want to hear more about the mental list you've made. I mean, it was sort of a... a, It wasn't a full list because I don't want to prepare too much. Sure. Right? I'm yeah. just like, this is probably what Mike is going to yeah, ask me about. Yeah, clearly he's going to ask about so, the ass. So I should, he, yeah, he goes straight to the ass. You know me. Call um, me Sir Assalot. Wait, what? <laughs> so um, anyways, I feel that my, I don't really have a list of spookiest Halloween costumes sure. yeah, you didn't. Done you didn't have a lot of time to prepare that. Well, and so traditionally, my Halloween costumes have not been very spooky. I see. I like to go... You've been the sexy vampire, haven't you? No, um, I don't really do sexy either. My sexiest Halloween costume was I was Kevin from the new Ghostbusters movie. Okay, that's pretty sexy. He's pretty sexy, right? It's true, yeah. When in doubt, go Chris Hemsworth. Very much so, yes. Um, Whether he's playing saxophone or listening to saxophone. Because he's he's a very sexy dude. I don't really go spooky or sexy. I usually go sort of just cultural reference. Mm-hmm. Referential. And um, weird are my ones. Okay. I was Scruff McGruff the crime dog one year. Sure. Um, that was a thing that I did. Mm-hmm. I, that feels right. Uh-huh. Um, I think we've all seen the picture of you as Fry. I was Fry one Halloween. Not exactly scary or sexy. Um, I don't know. We have to ask Leela. I mean, you know, it's every Halloween costume is sexy to somebody. It's true. 
So um, even even my costume of oh I forgot to dress up. All right. Uh huh. I mean that's just me. So um. Hey, I'm glad you find me sexy. When I was a kid, I was um, Mario a lot of years, like sure. three years in a row. I mean, it's a good costume because Mario. Yeah, because Mario's I, cool. What I think probably my spookiest one is that uh, when I was in elementary school, we got me a mask that probably would not ever be sold in a million years um, in 2019. <laughs> okay, but it was this mask that was literally just. Uh, like a it was like a, a Grim Reaper like death mask, so it was just okay. like a hood, and then a piece of black fabric. Okay, sure. Over the face, it's pretty spooky already. So that it looks like I'm just you know there's no face under mm-hmm. there. Uh, but basically it limited my visibility down to next to nothing. Okay. Even when there was you know bright lights in a room, and then you go out trick or treating. Oh, that's where not good. Zero light anywhere. That would never pass muster today. Never, never again. Um, but that was probably my spookiest. I okay. did that one for a couple of years. A lot of my costumes saw a lot of uh, a lot of repeats, just because lazy and not a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Fair um, enough. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think I've really had any. Okay, fair spooky enough. Spooky ones. I was the green Power Ranger, so I was spooky to the putty squad. <laughs> okay. I was also a Virginia Tech quarterback, so I was spooky to West Virginia and UVA fans. Okay. Um, I, I mean, very, I, was... <laughs> I suppose, just like how every costume is sexy to somebody, every costume exactly. is spooky to somebody. Exactly. It right? Was... When I'm Mario, yeah. I was probably spooky to like turtles Uh uh-huh and you were very sexy to princess peach exactly um and when i was the grim reaper i was probably scary to people who fear death Uh uh-huh and sexy to people that don't to people who get turned on by death exactly it's it's a continuum okay we figured this out we got it we we've done it i'm so glad we today on one of the spookiest of days as as it re- is released, not as it is recorded, mm-hmm. um, we figured out the spooky to sexy continuum. When I was McGruff the crime dog, oh. I was scary to crime. Exactly. Because you they, take were, a bite because out of they it. were worried I was going to take a bite out of him. And when I was McGruff the crime dog, I was sexy to narcs, probably. There you go. Mm-hmm. See? Every costume is sexy to somebody and spooky to other people. We got it. There's We've definitely done. there's a spectrum to every costume. When, when I was a waffle because my wife was Leslie Nope, I was sexy to me and other people that think like <laughs> Leslie Nope, and I was spooky to people that are intolerant to gluten. Nailed it. All right. So let's <laughs> get into Let's, I made myself laugh really hard at my own joke. Let's get into the episode. Season 7, episode 21, Assy Come Home. Uh, at Planet Express, the professor brings a big, big crate on a dolly and says, Good news, everyone! And then sits down and just kind of stares blankly. That, just from my experience of watching this, cannot mm-hmm. be good. Oh, good news, everybody, is never good. But at least usually he's like... 
check it out. I'm sending you off to Death Zone 7. Mm-hmm. And here he's just like, it's so good. It's so good of good news. That I'm just going to blank out. It goes unsaid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's more that he's basically forgotten to tell. He thinks that he's told them everything, but he's forgotten to. I think it's more a joke about old rather than joke about, I don't need to tell you anything else. I mean, I feel like seven uh, seven seasons in, they're just kind of like, I don't know. Let's just, let's just throw stuff at the wall. See if that's a joke. I feel like that's kind of what they did here. That's fair. Like he said good news, everyone, so many times that like... I don't know. Let's try something new. That's true. Uh, Amy asks, well, what is it? And Professor's like, what is what? Oh, right. Today, they'll be delivering this mysterious crate to Peebles Alpha, the planet of gangs, thugs, and hustlers. Uh, Leela has objections to delivering a basically crate that is unknown directly to gangs, thugs, and hustlers and asks the professor what's in there. But he's like, I'll tell you exactly what they told me when I... uh, when I asked, stop asking questions, old man, and I'll slip you 5K that they, that your crew doesn't need to know about. So they load the crate onto the ship. And, I mean, Bender is pretty excited because, obviously, if it's going to mm-hmm. a planet of uh, gangs, thugs, and hustlers, it must be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he's two of those things. We also find out that the planet is controlled by two rival gangs called the Blips and the Cruds, which is a not... Too subtle reference to Crips and Bloods. Some, so, would, some you know. would say ham-handed, ham-fisted. Yeah. Some might. Uh, would you say that, Mike? I'm not saying I would. I'm just saying some some would. Somebody somewhere thinks this is a ham-fisted uh, reference, mm-hmm. and others would think it's a sexy reference. <laughs> I know. Ham is pretty sexy, though. <laughs> Have you ever like sat down at Thanksgiving and you're like, Damn, that ham though. I'm not really a ham kind of guy. I'm okay. more of a more of a turkey kind of guy. I go for the classics. I mean, that's fair. I, I'm um, also a, a turkey guy, but sometimes you look at that ham and you're like, damn. That ham though. Yeah, and it's it's not for me. I'm I'm not as not as into the ham. That is fair. I did come I, I did live in a state that is famous for hams. And by state, I mean Commonwealth, because I've already been corrected by that from from friend of the podcast Emma in the last week I would ask you if your state or commonwealth is famous for steamed hams just the regular one and just also peanuts hams. okay not peanut hams or ham peanuts just ham and peanuts okay um also probably Jefferson my home state is famous for weed and not bad uh we forget the rest because well, we're all very high <laughs> exactly all the time. yeah um and rocky mountain oysters bull testicles <laughs> <laughs> the way you didn't leave a pause there was very wonderful i always know i'm gonna have a good day when i get to explain to somebody what rocky mountain oysters are sure because I always just thought that TV did the job for me where everyone knew what they were. Sure. And it turns out not everyone knows what not, Rocky Mountain Oysters are. Not everybody knows, but then you know about it and you're like, oh. Uh-huh. And then you get to be like, hello, co-workers talking about Rocky Mountain Oysters for some reason. Let me tell you about bull testicles. <laughs> I am the expert in this one. Um, I mean, comparatively, I usually am because I've eaten them and most people don't know what they are. That's fair. So, How are they? Fine. I figured. 
like all things, things are fine. Like even some of the more contentious foods like uh, Cincinnati chili. For me, it's fine. I rate Rocky Mountain Oysters on a scale from sexy to scary. As a resounding, they're fine. <laughs> that's a good. Just like I most think, of my Halloween costumes, I think that's a fine. I think that's a great grading scheme. I think we should do all things in this scheme. Well, we got to start this podcast yeah. over and regrade every episode on a scale from scary to sexy. Thank goodness I didn't. I wasn't. I, I'm so scared about going on to something new. Thank God we can just do it all again. So, uh, anyways, they are flying to Peebles Alpha um, and Leela still really, really, really wants to know. Oh, I should also point yeah, we, out. We didn't we, talk about the, the gang colors we didn't, at all. We did not talk about the gang colors at all because I was talking about bull testicles again, like I do. So <laughs> My favorite part is the again. I talk about bull testicles an awful lot. Yeah. It's surprising given that it's not your job to do so. Unless. I mean, it's not my job to do so. It's just a thing I like doing. It's a hobby. It's a passion. <laughs> Excellent. So they, the professor explains to them that the two gangs are denoted by colors, red and blue. And so what, and he's got two outfits and he's like, so when you're around one, you need to wear the one for the, the blips. And when you're around the other, you need to wear the one for the cruds. And it, it looks like he's got a red shirt and a blue shirt, but really what he has is a shirt divided down the middle with blue on the left and mm-hmm. red on the right and then another shirt divided down the middle with red on the left and blue on the right and one is for each gang because one it's, it seems an awfully confusing system it seems that it would have uh resolved itself in time <laughs> of like which one do we wear again shouldn't we just go with a different color no no we we own this. Well, you see, you eventually have so many street gangs that you run out of colors, and so you've yeah. got to be like, you know, I mean, like sports teams, right? They've That's true. got their your favorite sports team isn't just teal. It's true. It's and got teal and other colors because black, if gold, white, etc. Because if it was just teal, what do you do when you're up against the other teal team? There's not many teal teams in the NFL, so usually that's not a problem. But there is one. There is one. There's, uh, yes, one. Carolina Panthers. Carolina is Carolina Blue. So we're talking, we're talking about the Miami Dolphins, which Miami are kind Dolphins. of an aqua. Yeah, we're ta- we're getting Look, deep into Panther, the color. Panther Blue is pretty close. I mean, yes, if we're on, talking about on closeness. the spectrum of teams, uh, that's fair. Okay, either way, they they tend to wear black anyway. But that's a different discussion as well. <laughs> Because uh, we do, too. I don't Look, know what we're, we're talking, talking about. about. the one thing about sports I care about, the design. Oh, I know we so, are. Oh, I know we're, we're right in your wheelhouse. I mean, I have feelings about the Miami Dolphins color scheme, but I'm not going to get into that right now. I kind of want you to, but I know this is going to be 45 minutes of the podcast. Look, Cut if out. you want to do a podcast with me where we just talk about sports team colors. Ben, this is this is what we should have done in the first place. I mean, I'm I'm into. I don't know when team we're gonna have the by time. Team. I don't know when we're gonna have the time to do this. Team by team, league by league, we go even into like, you know, we 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 do football, basketball, hockey, 
All baseball. I'm, all I'm saying is I've got some unpopular opinions. So I, I want these hot takes on the internet as soon as possible. We are ta- nothing but take machines. I'm just a take machine. And I won't take for no takes but the hot ones. So <laughs> that was so it was so much on the sexy side of the scale. I th- I think I I heard a little bit. I don't know how that works, but it does somehow. Um, this is dumb. Can we move on? I'm trying to move on, and I'm it's, more more making fun of myself. To be honest, Leela's really concerned about whatever is in this crate. Mm-hmm. God, we are just not into this episode at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. Leela's really concerned about what is in this crate, and no one else seems to be that suspicious about right. it. Right, and and she's like, "How can you not be suspicious?" and um bender's like well he's too dumb and i don't care fair enough uh bender does give her his crowbar in case fry gets his head stuck in a pot of honey or something but you know if she had fallen and accidentally opened the crate which Mm -hmm. she immediately does and fry also immediately gets his head caught in a pot of honey and immediately says oh bother which i love because it takes this excuse of that leela like invents whole cloth and turns it into really just a thing that happens all the time (laughs) which i'm not surprised with in the slightest about fry Mm -hmm. so this is when leela gets the crate open flies off and smashes basically lands on fry's head smashing the the honeypot so Mm -hmm. two things in one also, I know it's definitely a Winnie the Pooh reference, but also that seems like a terrible way to get honey out of a, a pot. Like you have <laughs> hands. <laughs> and if you're concerned about your hands getting sticky, aren't you? Shouldn't you be more concerned about your head getting sticky? Yeah, Winnie the Pooh. Put your you put your paws in there. Don't worry about your head getting in there. I mean, you know, unless I, unless I, I don't. I don't have a follow-up, really. Aww, the notes. <laughs> Unless you really just love honey so much that you can't I've help gotten yourself. I've gotten Yes. You got to get the moisture from the honey into your hair. It's a hair treatment. Okay, but when I'm taking a shower, I don't put my head into the shampoo bottle. <laughs> I put it on my to, hands. I'm sorry. I guess I just don't know how to shower then. This guy. Are you showering in honey? Wouldn't you like to know? It's my secret, Ben. Okay. That's why I'm so sticky sweet all the time. From your head to your feet? Exactly. I am so far up the sexy scale, it hurts. <laughs> Literally, I'm stuck to things often. So, uh, Bender is like, suddenly, suddenly, Bender actually cares about what this is. Uh, and he's like, what's inside? Is it alcohol? Tobacco? Firearms? It's firearms. That's the one he was hoping it was. Hooray! Leela is fine with most kinds of violence, but not gang violence, and decides to disable the weapons by having Bender bend the barrels. They land on Peebles Alpha, um, which um, I did not actually look up. I'm sure the name of the planet is a reference to something. I got nothing on this one. I remember a department store called Peebles. Okay. And... I don't know, maybe. Well, look, I'm going to look this up because last week when I didn't look up the name Vaxtron and I was like, he's probably Zaxtron. It, it's, he's very clearly a Zach. It's, it's Zaxtron, definitely. Yeah. It turned out it was Vaxtron <laughs> with, a, with a V mm-hmm. as in Victor. And sure. I was way off. Well, you know, you seem so confident. I figured 
Yeah, I, they probably did a mis mistype on those uh, cre- uh, closed captions. And also, we're Googling it, Corner. You had the captions up and you did not correct me. Look, I, they've mistyped things before. I didn't know. You seem so confident and strong. You were definitely on the sexy me- side of the meter. And this, I was intimidated. This is how white men fail up. <laughs> just i'm just saying it's all about confidence ben and you you intimidated me in the moment (laughs) also that was a wonderful (laughs) wonderful punchline i just want to i just want to i just i have to pat your back on that one it was just tremendous so okay but here's Uh oh Here's an interesting thing, though, because I just looked it up. So the the caption said Peebles, P-E-E-B-L-E-S. Right, which is what I was writing down. The Infosphere says <sighs> Peebles Alpha. Oh, no. So now I've just got nothing. So this is a, Z- a, a Zaxtron, Zaxtron all over thing. Vaxtron. I said Zaxtron twice. <laughs> Uh-huh. I'm see I'm still in it. It's the original is the dress blue or is it white? It's all Zactron to me. It's uh-huh. I'm so, I'm just so Billy Joel right now. Okay, this is gonna take us down a rabbit hole we just don't have time for. <laughs> I mean most um, rabbit holes we technically don't have time for. But we do go down some. Uh-huh. Except I've compared it to the dress now, so we're moving on before <laughs> that happens. So Anyways, it was on, never blue and black. They're on a planet that has a name that we're not going into. Alpha. It's uh it it is very like uh inner city is yeah. the way I would describe it. Yeah, it's 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 a caricature it's of a the inner city. It's a caricature of an I a thought about inner city that probably doesn't exist. The only note I have on it is that there is a big billboard that says visit scenic Detroit. That tells you about the setting we're in. They happen upon a group of one of the gangs. I don't remember which one. They they say it's the cruds. Uh, they think it's the cruds and they're wearing the blips colors. Mm-hmm. So Leela gets the idea to turn her jersey inside out. Mm-hmm. And Fry says, it's no time for you to show me your boobs. She says, well, no, it's just, uh, just turning it inside out. So we blend in. And then they go up and, and talk to these cruds. Right. And uh, it turns out it's actually the blips. Because they just installed this big mirror because it's a blind intersection and it's caused a lot of traffic accidents and they were trying to just make their city better. So here is a problem I have with the episode. If your gang colors get inverted and people think you're the wrong gang with a mirror, there's a problem here with your gang colors. Mm -hmm. As somebody that's never been in a gang or really have had colors of any way, I'm just saying... Like I, I I don't identify. I mean I I look good in some colors, but I don't identify. Anyway, my point is that seems like a a a, a possible problem. I mean, also like just gonna throw this out there. If I'm about to die, like that's a pretty decent time for boobs, if you ask me. That's fair. Yeah, it turns out it's actually the blips, and so, um, they are like, no, actually, we're not either. We're a delivery crew. 
um, because they're about to get shot. Fry craps his pants. Mm, um, as he he, it's implied he craps his pants. He, it's heavily implied. He he's like, hey, remember how uh, we were having that thought experiment about if I had a gun pointed at my head and was about to get shot in the face if I would crap my pants? Well, it could be that he was saying I didn't crap my pants. I peed my pants instead. Oh, plot See? twist! Plot twist. We don't know. We don't get the resolution to the threat. Uh, this. Uh, plot could have been written by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> a lot of people probably could have written this basically three lines of dialogue. Yes. So, and these guest three lines of dialogue are brought to you by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> it would be funny if TV shows did that more often. <laughs> Just like, here, here's a moment that has nothing to do with anything else, mm-hmm. but these lines are written by, I don't know, J.J. Abrams. <laughs> So they don't have a logical conclusion. Excellent. <laughs> uh-huh. Nailed it. They so, create a mystery that they're not interested in solving in the slightest. It uh, turns out that at that point, the real cruds show up and they're like, hey, that uh, that delivery is actually from us uh, because we've had just too much fighting and this is a, an offering of peace. We got you guns to show that we trust you. And now we can use the guns to team up and fight the real enemy, which is giant spiders. Fair point. Fry's like, I knew it. Fry does know a lot of things about giant spiders. He was concerned about there could be giant spiders around, which he's apparently right. Mm-hmm. The blips accept this offer of peace, and immediately they tried to use the guns that have the barrels pointed directly at their faces because Bender uh, bent them on an innocent bystander, but shoot themselves in the face. And so they're like, it's it was a trick. And so they all pick up a, one of these guns and all try to shoot each other, and they all end up shooting themselves. And we don't really see much of it. Mostly we see, I mean, we see a little bit, mm-hmm. but mostly we see Fry and Leela hiding behind something. And then when they look back out, the entirety of both of these gangs are just dead. Because they've been all shot in the face by themselves. Uh, it's like a metaphor for the circle of violence. It's true. We often cut our nose off of our face despite our face. Thanks to Bender, who bent our guns in mm-hmm. the wrong direction. It's a very popular saying. <laughs> it's very popular. So they head back to the ship to see Bender. Um, and looks like nothing was stolen. But... Bender's eyes and mouth are in a trash can because he got bot jacked. The only thing they left him with was his cigar. And then a mouse comes and steals that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Bender is just a pair of eyes and a mouth. Mm-hmm. And immediately I went to the song Eyes Without a Face. But anyways, moving on. I don't know if I've heard that song. I feel like you probably I have. probably don't know it by name. He sings about eyes without a face. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm not making that up. So we're not dipping into Ben Google's eye corner. Those are very highly budgeted. Could be lyrics I misheard about pies without a face and they don't get eaten. No, because I, I first off, I love the the Weird Al inspiration you're doing right now. <laughs> And also, because we've already talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars, might as well get Weird Al in uh-huh. there. Yep. Um, but I also imagine that you're probably right. Pies without a face doesn't make a lot of sense, but eyes without a face does. 
Weird Al, let's talk. Let's write Pies Without a Face. My favorite thing about this... I want to write three lines in your song (laughs) called Pies Without a Face. My favorite thing about this is that if Weird Al reaches out to you and not me, I will be the most devastated. Back at Planet Express, we find out that Bender had a road jack installed, so the police should be able to locate him as soon as Hermes activates it. Uh, Hermes does so, and they find... uh, uh, it it leads them directly to kind of a robot chop shop uh, with right here in New New York City. It's so coincidentally. Wonderful. I mean, you know, they can go anywhere. They have a spaceship. Um, that being said, yeah, but he his body got stolen on Alpha. <laughs> That's true, but you know, sometimes you got to go to the biggest city on Earth, New York City. Mm-hmm. new new york city sorry mm-hmm. just to sell the stuff you stole on a planet sometimes that's where you're gonna get the, the the most simoleons my friend is it really worth all the gas it took to get there though see now well it's not gas it's whale oil remember well yeah you know what i mean <laughs> stop stop deflecting because i'm pointing out you're bad at international crime syndication <laughs> Is that is that you know the word the verb for a crime syndicate? Sure. To crime syndication. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Sure. Let's go with that. Um, well, I'm I'm okay with being bad at it, but you know, it found its way there, so maybe that's the closest robot chop shop. Okay. You never know. I, I, I don't see. I'm so bad at this robot syndication or crime syndication that I don't know where any of these things are, and I kind of like that. So they go to this chop shop. And they managed to find his head mm-hmm. where the road jack was installed. Mm-hmm. But all the rest of the parts were sold. It's it's run by the same guy who tried to sell Fry, uh, Z-Ray, and Gills. Yeah. Um, because they really are just trying to rope in every character that ever existed <laughs> on Futurama as they just you know close out the series yeah i mean you know it kind of i mean stay tuned more are coming <laughs> it i mean <laughs> it kind of makes sense for him to run this instead of like a new character he's only in it for like a moment and it, he, his his thing is doing weird things to bodies that's a weird way to put that <laughs> <laughs> we've all we've all got our pleasures in life i guess on a on a scale on a scale <laughs> of scary to, scary to sexy, he finds he finds doing things to bodies sexy. Uh huh. And I find that on on that scale scary. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> also, Sarah is laughing out in the other room because uh, again, she opened the Egyptian tomb and is cursed <laughs> to listen to us for all time. <laughs> So yeah, they find Bender's head, uh, which he replies, my head, slap me upside it, which I thought was a pretty clever line. It's pretty good. Um, the Shady Doctor has a, a list and sh- says, I'll give it to you if you drop the charges. And Earl says, justice does not work that way. And then he says, what if I throw in a giant head for a robot officer? Earl immediately initially thinks about it. And then it turns out justice does work that way. And he's got a big head. I do like that cut to them back at Planet Express and out the window, Earl has this way, way too colossal head. Like mm-hmm. It's a very good visual gag. It's not, can't do anything with a head that size, but he's just like. Now, it's sometimes it isn't about the size of the head, but sometimes it is. In this case, for Earl, it very much is. It's all the way up on the sexy he, slide. He gives, sexy slide. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. Sexy shoots and scary ladders. 
the new game from Back to the Futurama. <laughs> I would play that. I mean, have you ever been up high on a ladder? They're pretty freaking scary. Exactly. So, but those shoots, oh, so sexy. I've said the word <laughs> sexy so often in this one, and it's con- it's it's concerning to me. Yes, Earl has a giant head, and he, I don't remember what he says, but he says it in this super low voice that I really, uh, what I thought was really great. It, on the scale of scary to sexy, it was definitely sexy. Sure. I mean, Earl has generally a sexy way of saying things. Either way, they start getting, tra- uh, they, the Planet Express crew says that they've got this list. It's going to take us uh, their entire lives to do it, so let's go do it. And then I feel like back in 2013, they were listening to this podcast that came out in 2016 that is mm-hmm. now in 2019 because instead of doing a montage, they basically do a montage but really stretch it out long, just long enough yeah. that it's not technically a montage. Exactly. We can't even... Cu- we can't do the the usual montage nonsense because we don't get the the montage music, um, but we do. It is literally just they go to the Galactic Bazaar, they go to Mars University, um, and like it really feels like it's supposed to be a montage. But they were like, "Oh, we can't let Back to the Futurama call us out on another montage." We so can't, we can't let those nerds win this one. So let's stretch it out into like almost entire scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, almost they're not quite there although they do you do get a lot of dialogue which i do appreciate so they go to the galactic bazaar they go back to the beast with two bucks just to get to that porno dealing monster again gotta get to that porno dealing monster and uh they walk in and they're like so we know that you bought this stolen good it is an antenna how dare you with that language Right, this ain't a church lady, except for tax purposes. Oh, <laughs> uh, I want my porno shops to be tax exempt <laughs> as churches. Do you? I do. Okay. <laughs> you have a deeply held uh, interest in this. I mean, at that point, it's a religion, so <laughs> that's fair. You have faith. You gotta have faith, even if that faith is in a sex shop. They say they're looking for Bender's antenna. Mm-hmm. Which I believe the appropriate way to say that is Robodong. The porno dealing monster says that he could never betray a client's trust by giving out the name of the person who bought it. So instead, all I can do is give you this nude photo I took of them with my secret toilet camera. And wouldn't you know it, it's hedonism bot. Of course it's hedonism bot. Of course it's hedonism bot. So they go to hedonism bot's place where he is apparently a senator because Leela addresses him as such. And just throw it I love the fact of just saying that and throwing the whole concept away. And Because doesn't he kind of feel like a senator a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah. I have no follow up because it's, it's dead on. Yeah. We uh, all should have known this from the beginning. Yeah, it's true. So they're trying to get the antenna back, and Hayden is about says, you can have it. It's done everything and everyone imaginable. He gives back the mm-hmm. the antenna. Bender disinfects it with some uh, flames. Yeah, I would. Because Absolutely. it has done everything and everyone imaginable. So seems like a legitimate thing to do. We are also stretching the hell out of our, our usual... Uh, our uh, age range of people that we feel comfortable listening to us. I mean, we're not saying bad words. 
We're again challenging thoughts. Apple Podcasts is not gonna censor us for our challenging words. That's true. Challenging thoughts. So you know, but our listeners will have to deal with it. They go to Mars University. They go back to Robot House because again, you've got to rope in everybody right at the end here. Uh, Bender's body is being used as a keg, and uh, they're like, "Can we at least?" you know finish out all the beer before we give you the body back and then so bender immediately chugs all the beer which again is, he's just ahead it's pretty easy to ch- i mean i've never tried it but i have to imagine it is easier to chug beer when you are just ahead i feel like it's true you swallow and you just keep you can keep swallowing for days y- yep <laughs> challenging thoughts uh-huh so now he's he gets his body back, and so he's 40% back, baby. And then they go... He's 40% a lot of things. Uh-huh. I do like that. And then they go to a, like, casino riverboat. In space. In space that uh, appears to be run by the Borax Kid. He has Bender's arms, and I love the Borax Kid coming back, even though they created him, like, a season ago. They've He, he keeps coming back. It's amazing. I mean, he was the one good part of that entire episode. Yeah, there's not much good about that episode, but the Borax Kid was definitely that. uh, So yeah, he comes back, and he's got Bender's arms, which he's using to cheat at poker. Mm -hmm. He's had all the luck with the cards, and then immediately starts cheating. And and with the ladies, and and, uh, Bender's uh, arms grabs Leela's butt without consent. Mm -hmm. And I find that distasteful. Absolutely. End of sentence. Uh, and so Bender is like, hey, those are my arms. That one's called Gropey and that one's Cheaty, which immediately made me think of the good place, different Cheaty. Different Cheaty, yes. The other pl- players hear the word Cheaty, with, as in cheating instead uh-huh. of the, the character from the good place. Um, and they immediately just point guns at the Borax kid. And uh, the Borax kid is trying to talk his way out of it. And then Bender's arms emerge and shoot everybody. They just kind of grab his arms out and give them back to Bender. Yep. So he's got his arms back. And then they go off to a hospital where... I believe it is one specifically for orphans. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, the orphan hospital mm-hmm. is probably a thing. You got you to gotta have okay. orphanages sure. for, for bad guys to blow up so you know they're bad. You've got to have hospitals for bad guys to blow up so you know they're bad. You've got to have orphan hospitals for the really, really, really bad villains. So that they blow them up and you're like, whoa, that is a really, really bad villain. I I followed all that and I wish I hadn't. Look, this is how writing works. This is what screenplays are, Mike. You just... Well, clearly I'm not a, uh, a writer for the silver screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> I'm then, a doofus that talks into a microphone for an hour every And week. then J.J. Abrams shows up and writes two lines of dialogue that don't make any sense. And then... The bad guy blows up the orphanage hospital. And then you're like, whoa, what a really bad dude. And what was that demonic riddle he started talking about just a minute ago? (laughs) Well, it's never touched ever again. (laughs) And here Uh comes Bruce Willis to save the day. Exactly. And then you win all the Oscars. Mm. So that's Hollywood, man. That's Hollywood for you. So Tinny Tim is getting Bender's legs installed. So he doesn't have to walk with the crutch anymore. It's it's a very heartwarming moment as Tinny Tim can walk and he's like, "This I'll surely be adopted now." 
And Leela says, well, I guess you won't be getting your legs back. And then it cuts to a wider shot. Bender is not anywhere next to Leela. And you just hear a chainsaw noise. Yep. And then Bender has cut the legs off of Tinny Tim with a chainsaw. And now he Tinny Tim has to go back to a cart. Ooh, nice cart. And then Bender steals his cart, which is really just a board on wheels. Yeah. He says it's very smooth as he's riding it outside, but then gets bored with it and throws it in the garbage. It does remind me of, did you ever in gym class in elementary school have those little boards with wheels on them? Yes. And you'd like, yes, you'd get they were to play so games weird. on them. They were great, except I ran over my own finger like three <laughs> different times on those things. It's a legitimate still, thing because you have to put your butt on it uh-huh. and it's only big enough for your butt and you're like... But Crab still, everywhere. every time those things came out, I was like, this is going to be a good day in gym. It was a good day until your thumb exploded because you ran over it. Worth it because <laughs> that, that was some of the most fun in gym. That mm. and the big parachute where you always like got to like That's true. lift it up and then you all like, get in the parachute and it looks like a big like jellyfish and it's super great. I'm going to be honest with you. I really liked football days because I was a classic mike classic mike but i was also very good as a safety i knew where he was throwing the ball and i picked it off every time it was great i'm still surprised that no one signed me to a football team except for the fact that i'm uh, i'm i'm not very fast i don't have very much stamina and probably those things are important Uh i am tall though but that's more for basketball i guess they're like bender you're back together and he's like but i still have no ass uh it shipped out on a freighter from south street spaceport so they go there and find out that it was on the float well, a ship that sank in a space storm. Bender's ass is lost forever in the depths of the Sargassia Sea. Also, like a lot of people died, like several hundred people died on including, that ship. Including the clerf- clerk's wife. Bender's like, my ass, no. <laughs> Fry's like, well, we could get you a new one. And Bender slaps him again, saying it was his soulmate. I mean, we've all got a soulmate, and sometimes it's just your butt. When a man loves an ass. <laughs> Can't keep his mind on another nose. <clears throat> um, so they fly out to space, the Sargassus Sea, where uh, there's a lot of asteroids, and it's all covered in this really thick space fog. Yeah, it's like purple fog. Uh-huh. Uh, they suddenly hit a lighthouse. Leela says, why isn't there a lighthouse? And Fry says, I don't know, but look out for that lighthouse. So it comes up on them yeah. real quick. They do not see it. It's very difficult. Uh, the keeper of the lighthouse brings them inside and tells them, my name is Tarquin. I do like the line, um, are you hurt? And then Fry says, no, but I could use a hug. And I'm like, I get that, Fry. Yeah, that's a good I feel. That. that That's a big feel. Uh, so Tarquin is a sort of classic sea captain-y trope. Mm-hmm. Um, he keeps saying that things have been there for as long as he can remember. He's even like, like a, a beep goes off and he's like, that'll be my cup of soup. It's been microwaving for as long as I can remember. He can't remember very far at all. Basically, this character gets stuff from the wreckage of mm-hmm. ships that crash here in this dense fog. Mm-hmm. And no beam can pierce the mist. He once found a whole blue man group. <laughs> so, uh, you know. You know, as you do. That's a weird thing to just throw out. Like, yeah, found a blue man group in a here once. A whole blue man group. Um, 
Like, not a portion of a Blue Man group, a full one. They say that they want to salvage the cargo ship carrying this robot's rear end. And then there's a pretty good exchange. I mean, it's all butt jokes, but you know. I mean, we're talking about an episode called Assy Come Home. He says, I'll help ye for a cut of the booty. And then Bender says, now when you say a cut of the booty. I mean a percentage of the value of the recovered goods, not a section of your ass. Anyways, booty call is at daybreak. So. (laughs) That's a good one. Uh, (laughs) At daybreak, they go start to find the shipwreck. And it and it they find it and it's been gashed on an asteroid. They start screaming when this corpse flies by with one eye, and Tarquin's like, "That sounds like a one-eyed corpse scream." If I ever heard one, I wish I was down there with you. So they search through this ship, and they find a bunch of boxes down in the cargo mm-hmm. hold, uh, labeled like Golden Fleece and Holy Grail, Ark of the Covenant. And of course, uh, the jewel from the Titanic movie, which... uh, I'm sorry, what is that? The jewel from the Titanic movie. What is the Titanic movie? The 1997 hit James Cameron film Titanic, of course. Okay, I didn't know if you were talking about a different Titanic. Uh Uh-huh, which... And now you have a way to talk about this on the podcast. Congratulations on the, the moment I saw that in the episode. I'm like, we're talking about it on the podcast. Uh huh. Oh, yeah, because this Saturday... We are finally, finally getting Mike to watch the 1997 hit James Cameron film Titanic. It will be recorded. Mm. It will be super cut into a series of his reactions. It's going to be buck wild. Anyways, Bender finally finds the box that uh, says it contains bending unit posterior, and he finally gets his butt back. He says, "I, I think that's mine. I know because of the words on it. I feel they should have called the episode how Bender got his butt back. Oh, that would have been good. Um, Although he does... Well, uh, later on, Assy Come Home makes a little bit of sense based yeah, on... Yeah, but they very clearly roped it in just to make the title make sense. That's fair. Um, so, uh, anyways, they come back up and a storm's a-brewing. Tarkin Tark- can feel it in his Weather Channel app. And he pulls out his phone. I do love that. That's a good little gag. So we find out that this beacon is the brightest object in the universe, but it still cannot pierce through the fog. I have a lot of questions as to how he got the brightest item in the universe, but I'm not going to go into that because I spent all my time talking about stupid things as usual. Based on my understanding of the episode, he might not be, it it, it may not be right. And B, he might've found it in a shipwreck. At that point, a cruise ship is heading toward the asteroids and... Nobody knows it because nobody yeah. can see through the fog. Yeah, they, they also think they're in the clear because they can't see the lighthouse. So all hands on deck for mojitos. Bender is like, hey, Fry, take a picture of me biting my own shiny metal ass. I would be honored. And so he does a little like photo shoot where he's like biting his own metal ass plate. Mm-hmm. The flashes of the camera off of Bender's ass is even brighter than the beacon and cause the ship to see this, the lighthouse and steer away from the, from it. Just in time. Mm-hmm. And so we find out the, it's the SS Muy Caliente, which is... I, I have know. it as the SS Miami Muy Caliente. Oh, maybe. I'd, wh- I'd, mm-hmm. I, either way, I, this time I'm bringing confidence and I will be the wrong one. So uh, we find out that this is that his ass plate is 100 times more reflective than the beacon mirror. Your buttocks could save lives. I hate lives. 
And so they are trying to get him to give up his ass. Mm-hmm. Fry suggests it'll be sailors' lives. Untold cursing would be lost to future generations. He's like, well, perhaps like all great men, my ass has a destiny. And so he gives up his ass. There's this really mm. sad song that plays as he sort of leaves and he, he puts the top of a, a whale oil, uh, like gallon, 55 gallon drum of it, mm-hmm. like puts it on where his ass plate would be. And it's much bigger than him. It and just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And they fly away back to Planet Express where Bender is sad. Everybody's watching rear window, and he's like, I used to stick my rear out the window. We could switch to behind the music. My behind used to make a lot of music. Backdraft's on. Even my ass wouldn't watch that. (laughs) Which, like, I've never watched Backdraft, but, like... If Bender's ass wouldn't watch it, I'm not gonna. Ouch to Backdraft. That's a burn on Backdraft. Uh, They say, try to find solace in the fact that somewhere out there, your keister is doing good. Mm -hmm. And Leela is is very proud of the sacrifice that Bender has made. And then back on the lighthouse, Tarquin decides to read it a Bible passage for some reason. He he seems very uh, uh, faithful. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you're you're in a lighthouse for as long as you can remember. You got to do something. And this, for some reason, causes the ass plate to spin really really fast and fly off into space yeah i have no idea what caused that in the slightest not at all but um, they did mention early on in the episode that he ha- that his ass has a hind brain it's true they did mention that and so it can feel it can't think but it can feel it could probably feel disconnected from the main so i'm making excuses that my butt can't cash of this butt episode uh-huh so it cuts to a farm very briefly out in space. Uh, Johnny fell through the gravity well. Uh-huh. And so this ass plate comes up and saves Johnny from the well. Mm-hmm. And they're like, thank you, assy. The entire joke of the episode <laughs> title. This scene literally exists just to back up the it's episode true. title. It's true. That being said, you know that if it was how Bender got his ass back, it would also have something to do with Stella. Oh, probably. So th- it would. This is a location where you shoehorn something in just to make the title work. You know what they say about the title? It's got to come around in the third act. So, yep. Check out title. title. <laughs> <laughs> we both hit on the joke at the same time. Uh, so, anyways, Assy comes home and uh, Bender is really excited, and there's a bunch of fireworks going off in the background, and it turns out it's just all the ships. Uh, exploding in the Sargassus Sea because now no one can see because Assy has come home. And that means that it is time for Grades. This episode's okay. Um, it suffers from pacing issues, I feel like. Um, I paused it at one point to feed the cats and they were still on the uh, unknown named planet. Okay. Uh, Alpha. Alpha. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is like 11 minutes into a 24 episode, uh, 24 minute long episode. They're not even to like the main point of the episode (laughs) yet. And then everything else just feels off. Um, I really do feel like 
the montage in the middle could have like I know I give I've been given Futurama a lot of crap about <laughs> how many montages they throw in here. Sure. I feel like this shows why they do it so often because I feel like that whole middle section could have been a montage. Yeah. Like an actual tighter. montage. And that would have actually given a little bit more flow to the uh, you can still have all that first bit and then the whole last bit where they're you know up in space and dealing with all of that could have actually had some more time and i feel like it would have been a little bit more uh coherent um and just it would have flowed better so i i don't really like the uh, episodes that feel like that pacing is off mm-hmm. because even when the jokes are funny it just it it does not usually sit with me very well. Sure. Um, I don't think it's a bad episode, though. Um, I'm going to, I would say maybe a, a C. Um, I don't specifically hate it, but man, it could have been tightened up an awful lot. Yeah, I think I agree with you. It's To me, it's pretty uneven because that first section is so long and it takes a surprising amount of time to get to the point of, Bender's been rojack, ro, uh, ro, bot jacked or whatever, which I feel like you could do without some of it. Like you could, you could make some jokes on Detroit or something to get him there faster or because they already make, you're making jokes of Detroit. It just feels very slow to get to the main point of the episode. And maybe if you cut that down, you can have more interesting things happening in the back end. In an episode where you're talking about an ass, I figured that was appropriate. Uh huh. Um, I I don't know. It's you're right that it feels very montagey, but you it it's it's in that kind of uncanny valley of if you shorten this, you basically have to do something bigger with both sides of it. But if you lengthen, like it's just not the right right length. And you could do either one of them. You just have to pick. It's like trying to drive down the middle of a a road instead of on lane or not. Right. So I don't know. I I think I'm with you. It's hard to kind of really really make a concrete thought about this because it it feels like two disconnected episodes so i i you know i think i think i'm gonna give it a c because i because i agree with you it's uneven the pacing's off and but i just i it's fine i honestly when it comes down to it it's fine there's some funny jokes it it just doesn't it just doesn't hit me the way that i think it probably should so before we go we've got a couple of uh, announcements. First, we would like to thank Jen Freeman for becoming a patron on uh, patreon.com slash back to Futurama. Uh, so thank you for your support. We also, speaking of Patreon, have a ad from Laura for being a 1077, same as my pin number, Panucci's Pizza Patreon. Mm-hmm. Panucci's Pizza Patreon. That is, a, that is good alliteration. The triple P. Um, so I have I have not actually heard this ad yet. <laughs> so this is we're hearing this live for the first time. <laughs> we're doing time. it live. <clears throat> good evening or good morning. It's spoopy day. Happy Halloween, everyone. Hey, it's Laura, and I just want to suggest a couple things that I'm enjoying this spoopy, spoopy season. The first up is Yamishibai, Japanese Ghost Stories. This is a three-minute-long anime that you can find available on Crunchyroll. The next thing I want to suggest is a novel. Baby Teeth by Joji Stage. It's a terrifying novel about a young girl and her mother and their relationship. They called it The Omen Meets Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Really great. The third is a very problematic movie you can find streaming on on 
Amazon Prime. It's Microwave Massacre, about a man and his wife and their new microwave, and he can't stand her cooking anymore, so what's he going to do? Be warned, this is very problematic. It's got a lot of exploitation themes going through it, but the premise itself was so funny. It was but very problematic. The last thing I want to suggest is a podcast called My Neighbors Are Dead. Our host, Adam Peacock, interviews the people that are on the side of the horror genre. You know, the people who inspired the Jigsaw Killer, Michael Myers' next-door neighbor. It's really a great listen. And while I'm here, why not throw the guys a couple dollars on Patreon? The podcast is almost over, but they've got some great upcoming content coming, so think about it. You don't have to. It's free, but if you feel like it, a dollar might be go amiss. We made Mike watch Titanic. Who knows what we can make him watch next time. Have a great Halloween, everyone. And take care of each other. And remember, I love you. Now we got put on blast for not having you watch Titanic yet. (laughs) Yeah, I know. This Saturday, though, it's going to happen. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Anyways, thank you, Laura, for letting us and the fans know about some of your favorite things right now. And thank you, Jen, and thank you all of our patrons for for helping support us. We really appreciate it if you do. And, And if you don't... Yeah, that's fine too. You, you're you're listening to this, and and boy howdy, I don't know why, but thank you very much. As we are heading out, we also want to hear about all of your favorite things. Mm-hmm. Where 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 are what are your spookiest costumes, and where did they fit on the scary to sexy scale? What was your scariest costume? What was your sexiest costume? Did you have a scary sexy costume? Did you break the scale? How dare you! We also want to know about whatever the heck else we talked about in this episode. Because I don't remember them. I don't remember I, anything. Please, I mean, we could talk about asses if you want, but that, yeah, let's, maybe not. Uh, anyways, we want to know all of this and more. Or, you know, what you thought about the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah we talked about an episode, didn't we? You can do that by emailing us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash back to futurama we are on apple Podcasts and spotify so find us there rate us review us subscribe and send to your friends and let's try to stay on the sexy side of the scale and yeah don't forget about uh patreon like we discussed Mm -hmm. and also uh the back to the futurama fan group league of jeremy's Mm -hmm. it's on facebook just look that up it's probably the only league of jeremy's that exists anywhere so you should be good Mm mm-hmm um, it's run by uh, Laura, who who you heard earlier. So I think that's going to do it for us this week. And uh, thanks to you for listening. And thanks to the uh, $5 Patreon patrons who listened to this episode live, which was always a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We talked an awful lot about a lot of things that were um, probably going to get cut from the episode. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, Anyways, I think that's going to do it for us. So until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye Goodbye from from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow.